Hey, today on the show, we have Jack Thompson, the throw-in Samoan, former quarterback for Washington State for college, and he also played for the Cincinnati Bengals and Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the NFL. So we had a great discussion about his Samoan heritage, why he chose Washington State over University of Washington, uh, what could have been for his NFL career, what he thinks of the new Pac-12 commissioner compared to the old one, uh, the Cougs football team this year, and some cool stuff that he's doing now with the university. So all this and more coming right up. All right. Well, welcome, Jack Thompson, to the to my little podcast here. Thanks so much for doing this. Chuck, thank you. I owe you one. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, I'll remember that. <laughs> okay, good. Good. I'm good yeah. for it, usually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as long as I'm on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I wanted to um, throw in Samoan, obviously, is your nickname. And I, I hear that word a lot, Samoan. I, oh, this guy's Samoan, that guy's Samoan. And so I was like, you know, I don't really know a lot about Samoan. So I started like doing some research and digging around. And so if we could, can we educate my audience on Samoa? Like what it is? Because it's actually part of America or there's two parts, right? Right. Uh, it's um, I come from uh, the American uh, American Samoa. It's a territory of the United States. And uh, the other part of Samoa is the is the nation island of uh, Samoa, and it's it's an independent country. It used to uh, be a territory of uh, Great Britain, mm-hmm. and it's become independent over the years. It used to be called Western Samoa, and uh, right. it's beautiful. It's um, uh, that Samoa is um, a group of islands, uh, two big ones that are the size of um, Oahu, basically. So they're good sized islands. Now American Samoa much smaller uh and uh it, it's it's like 14 miles wide 22 miles long oh and um and i'm from american samoa and most all uh, of the um well all of the uh you know the the guys that play for uh washington state university are from american samoa so it's very unusual um uh, in that we pump out pretty good quarter or not quarterbacks but we have quarterbacks too, but pump out really good uh, football players from that small spit of Island. Yeah, that is, that is, that's a very small part. I thought I saw one time like a documentary or something about it. And there was a bunch of kids are playing football, but they didn't have very good equipment and stuff. Not at all. I mean, it's, um, it's really, uh, very unusual. It's, you know, they, a lot of them play with, um, uh, you know, hand-me-down uh gear uh there are some uh kids that play barefoot in you know only in american samoa right yeah and uh but they pump out some pretty tough football players i i I will say that and and you know on a per capita basis we uh, i think we we pump out um uh more um football players per capita than say puerto ricans pump out baseball players So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite unusual. I lost you on the video real quick. Oh, give me one second. I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, no, that is, it was so interesting to, to re why do you think, or do you know the history as to why, when did the football thing start? Cause like, wasn't part of Samoa that they were like playing cricket and stuff in the European games. Yeah. Cricket and uh, rugby uh, has always been a, uh, man, that's the British influence. Mm-hmm. And so rugby is, is the sport that, um, is really popular, uh, in, in the Polynesian islands, uh, in, in Fiji and New Zealand, I mean, the all blacks, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the, uh, players on the all blacks, New Zealand team are Samoan. Um, so, you know, Samoans don't shy away from contact. That's for sure. You know, um, the, the cricket game is, is really much more genteel than, hmm. than, uh, than rugby and rugby begets football. And next thing you know, we were playing football, uh, on the islands and it, it really, uh, caught, um, wind when, you know, TV came around in the, in the late sixties, seventies oh. and, um, and, you know, football games were being shown down in uh, American Samoa and, and it got popular. 
and now this so is were you part you of see. that influence maybe yeah, too i was yeah. and uh and um i say that with pride because um the the class of Samoans that came out that graduating class of uh 79 uh we had like five guys you know manu Sopo went to first round to the um Seattle Seahawks. I went to Cincinnati. Frank Bonamaliunga went to um, Kansas City, and uh, you know that was like just a, a little wave. Now, now it's a it's a veritable tidal wave of mm-hmm. uh, players. And like I said, we you know our 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 culture is really you know just very predisposed to to uh, you know that sport, and we happen to be a very coachable culture you know we hmm. uh, it's just the nature of you know the way we were raised so yeah um you know there have been there have been a lot of documentaries done over the years um a lot of articles in in you know new york times you name it it's been in it um gq did a, a big one uh this is in like 1995 hmm. so um, it's, it's, it's a neat thing, neat thing to be a part of. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Cause I was reading it, it said it's one of the, see, I don't, I never understood this like U S territory. So it's like we, it's, it's part of the U S but like people that live there are not considered citizens. So is that why your parents are like, okay, we're going to move to the mainland so we can get, we can become citizens. Well, they moved to the mainland because they got a better quality of education for their kids, you know? So that um, was the. That was the, the that was the impetus, and uh, my dad came here in '57. I was born in '56. Right. My dad, my dad came in '57. My mom came in '58. They sent for me in 1960, and I, I was staying with my mom's sister. Um, and you know, I came here in 1960, and um, my mom and dad raised five kids here um, stateside, and all five of us went to college. So. You know, my dad uh, accomplished his goal. Yeah, no, that's yeah. amazing. It's like the American dream. I love it. It's just yeah, interesting. Exactly. That, so they left you there for a yeah. few years just to get like a head start, or how, is that part of the legal thing? They couldn't bring a kid, no, or what's? No, no. It's just that's just the way it was. They couldn't afford me. They couldn't afford the hmm. other. There were two other kids in in Samoa, and uh, and that's just the way it was back in the day. And yeah. we were um, uh, to be raised by your aunt aunt and uncles that to this day it's it's normal um and you know again i was raised by my mom and my mom's um sister and brother-in-law my sister uh margaret was raised by my dad's sister on the other side of the island and my older brother gino uh he and i were raised by our aunt on my mom's side it's just uh it's it's a very unique culture Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm just very proud, proud of being part of, um, that someone culture and, you know, we're pretty tough people. Yeah, no, that's, that's really neat. It's, it's so inspiring, you know, that you, that your parents, you know, did such, made such a sacrifice and it was for you guys, it was for the kids to have right. a better life, to have better education. And clearly it worked. Yeah. And they, um, you know, they did it the right way. I, I, I hate to, you know, you know, step outside the boundaries, but you know, my dad came here. It took him seven years to get his, um, spot, uh, you know, get his citizenship, and it was the best. I mean, that was one of the best days of his life when he got his um, citizenship, and you know, he went through the paces and uh, didn't cut any corners, um, and was very proud of being, um, you know, that he was raising his his family in the U.S. and um, you know, it I, it hurts me to see people take it for granted. Um, you know, your citizenship and and all that comes with it. You know, there's a responsibility to the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my dad just never messed around. He 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 didn't uh, he didn't suffer fools well. And when cousins would come, and when I was being raised by my mom and dad, they they, they there was never a time where our immediate family was by that we were by ourselves. We always had one, two, as many as 10 other cousins and aunts and uncles living in our house. Hmm. Um, And, 
you know, my, and my mom and dad were very uh, happy to help facilitate their moving from, you know, to do what they did. Um, but um, they, they didn't um, take too kindly to um, you know, those relatives that would come here and, and uh, abuse the system. I'm talking about welfare and things like that. And, you know, my yeah, dad cause your really, parents worked really hard. Didn't your mom yeah, clean houses did. or something? Yep. She did. Um, mm. She was, um, they worked really hard. And then ultimately they uh, both worked for Boeing and okay. uh, my mom was a shop clerk. My dad was a, um, um, a machinist and he was a, a union uh, shop uh, steward, you know, and, and when he passed away, we had uh, at his funeral, he had a lot of people from Boeing, guys he worked with, uh, you know, some got, got to go up and speak on and talk, tell about their experiences with my dad. <laughs> and one thing they always said about my dad, you don't mess with him. You know, <laughs> he, uh, and, you know, but if he's your friend. He, he was as loyal as can be and he, he has your back. And that's just the way I was raised. Yeah. It was, I thought my parents were strict, but I heard you say your dad, uh, you got a couple B's one time and then you couldn't play sports. Is that right? Or- yeah. He held me out. He held me out for a year, you know, oh because there's no way we were going to, um, um, you know, not, uh, honor what he had done you know, the sacrifices he and my mom made, you know, by giving it a half-ass effort in, in school. You know, he, uh, sports is great. That's fine. But uh, it was all about, you know, the education. And so if you, if you took that lightly, well, guess what? You lose. And um, wow. my sister, Margaret, um, she made it through junior high and high school. I think she was just one B. Myself, you know, I, I set the bar a lot lower, you know, the worst, um, uh, the worst report card I ever brought home was three A's and three B's. And, uh, one time I came home with four B's and that didn't go over very well. Gosh, but that must've put in a really good work ethic for you. So like going to Wazoo and then later the pros and stuff like that. I mean, that was probably not, those workouts were nothing compared to what you were raised with. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was very, they, they were very strict, especially my dad. Um, but, you know, as, as strict as he was, one thing he um, never, uh, there was never a doubt uh, was that he loved us and, and that uh, we can always count on him. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, so you grew up in, in the Seattle area and everyone thought you were going to go to UW. Um, yeah. Now, did you, I did so too. you could see, yeah, you could see you dub games on TV. Could you even see WSU games on TV in Seattle then? Not unless they were playing the Huskies. Okay, and, so uh, yeah, yeah. So tell the story about like why you didn't go to UW is because they the, the recruiter kind of disrespected you or your family or. Oh, it was the head coach. I was the head coach. I mean, candidly, you know, I was known. I think uh, the term was I was a laydown recruit, mm-hmm. and that that only meant that you know you can do anything don't waste any time but don't waste any time energy or effort with him because he's a lay down he's coming here and that was true I, I was I was a lay down husky recruit you know when I got off uh, from 1960 when I got off the plane my dad was you know he'd already watched uh, three years of husky football and and that's you know he started brainwashing me uh, all things Huskies, and every weekend we'd watch. Every Sundays we'd watch the replays of Husky football, and so you know when it came time for my recruit, recruitment, um, you know the Huskies had me pegged as, as that laydown recruit, which is which was true, by the way. I I was going to be a Husky, but what happened was, um, you know, when head coaches make the home visit, right? The, yeah, as they generally do. Um, well, I got a call from the head coach and I'm going to be at your, I'm going to, should be at your house in, in, in an hour or so. And, 
my dad worked night shift then I had to wake him up and he'd get showered and shaved and ready to meet, you know, his idol. Um, and, um, and he didn't, he never showed that happened twice. And, um, and I was really hacked off. Um, but my mom and dad convinced me to take the trip. You know, I hadn't taken my official trip to UW. And so I, I took the trip and, you know, I, those, those all, you know, they're pulling on that, uh, those heartstrings, you know, to come play at UW. And, and I was really just, I was so tempted. And then until I got uh, to, to the day that, uh, you know, yours, all the players have their final uh, interviews with the head coach on the way out. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to him and he said, well, you ready to put on your Jersey, you know, your profound gold Jersey. And I looked at him and I just, I said, you know, sir, I, I can't come here. And I told him, you know, you could have done anything to me. I'd be here. But when you did that to my folks, and he told me, get the hell out of my office. <laughs> Damn. Now, you know, that's, but it wasn't as if I, you know, I was being really manly and, sta and standing up to him. I was hurt. I, I was yeah. literally, uh, you know, it's like my dream uh, just coming to a crash right there. And then I realized that, you know, this is, this is one thing you can't back, back away from, you know? And so that's what happened. Wow. So then this guy, Bill Kirk, who was just, he wasn't a, um, a, a football player. He was just a WSU alum and a big fan. And he big was kind of trying to get you to go to Wazoo. Well, uh, Bill Kirk was, uh, was watching me when I was ninth grade. And um, then when I went to high school, he would come to several of my practices. And, um, you know, he's not the tallest guy. But, you know, after practice, I'm walking towards the locker room and he'd walk over and he'd introduce himself. And he goes, you know, you'd make a great cougar. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was Mr. Persistent. He he pestered um jim sweeney was the head coach at the time and um really um you know th th those are different days for alums back back then you know they they were able to do a few things that we're not able to do nowadays and um but he pestered them said you gotta you gotta you know recruit this kid and um and he i, I know that he was talking mike price price ultimately was the point guy for the Cougs and, you know, all things went really well, I have to say. And, and I, I credit, uh, uh, give a lot of credit to Bill Kirk. He, he's been a mentor of mine since shoot 72. <laughs> so. Wow. And then, so then you go to Wazoo and then you end up having four different coaches in the four years. So yep. there must've been, that was hard, but then also maybe you learned something different from each coach. Yeah, you know what I learned was that um, head coaches are human beings. You know, they there's uh, they have an image to uphold, and and I was telling you about how coachable we are as a culture. Mm -hmm. right? You know, it's just there. Um, you know, there. When you grow up, you you respect your elders, and then there's there's chiefs and and whatnot, and and so it comes natural, and you have um, you hold them you know, to a certain, you hold them, you know, uh, at a certain bar, a high bar, right. And, and you give them respect. And when I was going through the, you know, the, uh, the turnstile of coaches, I realized that these guys, they're just guys, you know, and when I, th when I look at it now, you know, I was, uh, 19, 20, 21, and they were 33, right. And uh, trying to make it in the world, and and you know, I, I got pissed off at them, and you know, the I the they 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 kind of fell off. A, you know, the 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 head coach position kind of fell off the pedestal that I had for it, right? Because how do you do that? You know, you commit to uh, coaching at Washington State, and then you leave after one year. That's BS, you know, and, and, and I remember, um, 
after my junior year, uh, again, coach comes in and he leaves. And that was a coach that I really liked is Warren Powers. And I, I was so, so pissed off. Uh, you know, I couldn't see straight, but then I remember, um, I had a, um, a decision to make, you know, do I come back for my senior year? Or do I go, go to the pros? And, um, I had, uh, one, he's one of my best friends. He's like my older brother. Now he, he was an attorney. His name is Carl Lopez. And I was always talking to Carl and Carl would always give me sage advice whenever I needed it. And, um, you know, after Warren Powers left, you know, we were seriously contemplating going pros and, um, uh, I was projected to be like, you know, an 18th pick in the first round. And, um, and so Carl and I, we talked about it and he says, what, what's your gut? And I said, you know, I, I hate it. People doing this to Washington state. And I said, I, you know, I want to come back. And he says, you should come back. You should go back. And, and the only way, but one thing that had to happen was that, um, Coach Walden, who was my offensive coordinator, and it would have, you know, it would have been nice if he got the head coaching job because I wouldn't have had to change systems. Mm. And he got the job. And um, when he got the job, you know, I, I was again, I was talking to Carl, and he says, "Well, you know, he's he's an attorney, and he, you know, you have all these agents that they want you to." grab the money now not that we had a lot of money back then back in those days for the nfl but you know he he knew that um how special place of washington state is and he goes uh he told me you should go back you know and and be loyal to the school and he says someday it'll pay off for you and he's right you know it's the best decision i ever made um i love washington state university and you know i love my football program but I love the school more and that's just the way it is. Yeah, no, it's, and you're a legend at that, at that school and you go, you go back for, you go back for a lot of games, right? Is it ever, not every game, but a lot. Well, I haven't missed a home game in 16 years. Wow. So yeah, I've, I've I go back and, uh, you know, I don't make all the away games, but, uh, I, I make some, uh, you know, maybe one or, or two, you know, every year type of thing. Yeah. But, I think I yeah. saw you at the last one, the ASU game. I think I saw you there. Was that there. was a good game. That was a great that game. Was a fun one. Yeah. And, uh, but I'll tell you that, um, you know, my son, uh, Tony, who played at Washington state, he, he teaches at the Carson college of business. And so I have a place, a free place to stay there. Oh, so it makes it, it makes it easier. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well, and then doesn't your other son work at a uh, Mac and Jack? So you get free beer from that one. Yeah. 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 He, uh, my son, Jack is director of sales for Mac and Jack's. Yeah. So that's cool. Now, did you, um, when you were at Wazoo, uh, Dan Dornick was he, he was your teammate, right? Yes, he was. He was a great. So teammate. tell me about playing with him. Cause he went on to play for the Seahawks, but they nicknamed him Dr. Dan. Cause he, he literally was a doctor. He got a, he got an MD. So, like, is he really smart on the field too? Like, is he really like diagnosing oh, yeah. the plays and things? Oh yeah. He was, Dan and I uh, got recruited the same year. He is a class of 74 hmm. out of high school. And um, he and I were the two quarterbacks that they signed that year. And so um, when we went to watch, he, he and I were kind of like arch rivals. I mean, we hmm. hyper competitive and uh, he didn't care much for me and I didn't care much for him. Um, there's just the nature of the, you know, how we were. And, uh, he ended up going, you know, they, uh, put him at running back and he became one of the best running backs we've ever had. And, and he was the best, uh, teammate you'd ever, you could ever want because it's like having another quarterback in, in the backfield. Mm. And to your point, he was extremely smart, knew all the plays, knew, knew what everyone else was doing. You know, he, he thought like a quarterback and that's what quarterbacks are supposed to know all the, you know, everything that the players are supposed to do. And he knew it. And, and I knew that uh, whenever I was in a pinch, I, all I had to do was find doorknob. That was his nickname to us. <laughs> nice. 
No, that's, yeah, that's really cool. Like, I mean, that was a little bit before my time, but I've definitely like read about him and stuff. And, uh, I've seen like, I've, I'm able to find your highlight videos on YouTube and stuff too, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to try to do that. I haven't, I haven't tried doing that ever. And, and, uh, <clears throat> love to catch some of the games, but Danny, Dan was uh, a terrific athlete, um, coming out of Wapato. Uh, he's a great basketball player. Great. Um, he ran track. He did. He was a multi event guy. And, um, but he was, a just a great athlete, extremely smart and very dedicated. And he ended up marrying uh, Sharon, uh, the gal that he was dating out of high school. Hmm. And I think they both, they moved to Spokane and that's where we're hoping to go. Oh, you're going to move to Spokane. That's our, that's my wish. I, I, I think that it's my wife, Molly's wish too, but I got to keep pushing her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, so yeah, you've been all over the place. So when you got drafted, tell my audience this story, like, cause you were originally supposed to go to the giants and that, that made me wonder. Cause then I looked and saw, and they took Phil Sims. And I mean, Correct. he went on to win Super Bowls and stuff. Like, do you think if you would have gone to the Giants with Bill Parcells, do you think you would have won those Super Bowls? Well, um, he was um, he was drafted. The, the, um, the coach at the time was Ray Perkins, mm-hmm. and um, and Ray came to Pullman, and he took um, me and my girlfriend at the time, Molly, who's now my wife. He took us out to uh, dinner. And he said, you know, have your bags packed because um, when we have our pick, you're, you're coming. And after we pick, pick you, you know, New York. So um, um, you froze up a little here. Uh, give me one second here. There we go. Uh, sorry about that. I didn't come to calls, but. You know, uh, I, I really like Ray Perkins. The, being chosen in the third pick uh, by Cincinnati was a complete uh, surprise. It surprised everybody, actually. They, they, uh, um, they were projected to pick Kellen uh, Winslow, and right then, yeah. you know, I, I would have, um, you know, gone to you know Ray Perkins. And the thing about Ray Perkins and, and one thing I know I would have gotten would have been a, um, a real strong um, understanding of, you know, being an NFL quarterback. That's what he coached. And, and Phil was the direct beneficiary of that. And, um, um, you know, when I went to Cincinnati, um, the head coach at the time was Homer Smith. And um, he was, um, he was on tenuous ground, if you will. And then he gets fired after my rookie year. So that's five coaches in five years. God. And then Forrest Gregg came on board. And fortunately, I loved Forrest Gregg and didn't get along very well with our offensive coordinator. But, um, you know, it's just things happen, you know. Um, you asked the question, do I think I would have, you know, it, it, it's, it's very situational. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I will say this. I had the talent. Uh, I had as much, if not more talent than other quarterbacks that were drafted, you know, it's just being in the right place, being in the right system. And I, I frankly, I love being at Cincinnati, uh, the teammates there, Anthony Munoz, Max Montoya, um, you know, just to name a couple, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I got to go back for a 40 year reunion, uh, Super Bowl reunion this past year. And boy, it was great to see those guys again. Um, you know, but it wasn't meant to be. I ended up getting traded to uh, Tampa. Yeah. Well, because they had Ken Anderson, who was, he was yeah. literally the MVP of the entire league. So that's like a hard person to beat out, I would think. Well, you know, it, it was. And, and <laughs> the quick story behind that is that I was really giving him um, a run for his money. I think I helped uh, rejuvenate him and his career. Um, and, you know, it was very competitive. And that year that we went to the Super Bowl, um, in the, at the fourth game, you know, the last preseason game, um, Forrest Gregg uh, told us, you know, whoever has the best game in this game will be our starting quarterback for the season. 
I've, that's how much ground I, I had made. And um, he went out and played this first half. He did okay, did so-so. And I started, and, and, and things were going really well. And I got flushed out of the pocket. And as I was running out of bounds, the linebacker dove at my ankle, and I ended up se severely spraining my my high sprain on my ankle. And that put me out for four weeks. Um, and so the first game was against Seahawks, and Kenny started. Didn't do very well. Our third-string quarterback comes in and um, did a good job, and we ended up winning the game. It was in, in Cincinnati. Now the second game comes along, and there was a question, who's going to start? That's how, you know, it was very um, – he is, it was tough sledding for Kenny at that time. And to Kenny's credit, uh, he went in and, and talked to Forrest Gregg and said, you know, I deserve to, to start. There was a question if they should start him. And, and Kenny just went in and said, I need to start. You, you, you know, this organization owes me that or something of that sort. And Kenny went on to become the MVP that year and took us to the Super Bowl. Crazy. So, yeah. So, you know, it just, that's what happens, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, things, uh, the following year, I, um, yeah, it's a long story, but I ended up getting traded to the Buccaneers and, and that was a, that was another whole wild experience in and of itself. Well, yeah, you got a lot more playing time there with it. And that was when they had the creamsicle jerseys and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, I like their uniforms now much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. I, I was looking at the 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 Bucks roster and stuff, and so they had Wayne Fonts was that he was the uh, defensive coordinator, yeah. and he ended up be, later being the head coach of the Lions, right. and uh, they fired him, and they haven't really. I don't think they've won a playoff game since he left. Now I know he was the defensive coordinator, but do you, do you remember what he was like as a coach? I mean, you must have seen him coaching on the sidelines. Well, he was a good coach. I mean, he was a good defensive coordinator. Um, Buccaneers always had a, a good defense, and I, I, I think it starts with Wayne Wayne Fonts. And um, you know, we had uh, John McKay was the head coach, and boy, he was he was quite a character that guy. And um, you know, it's it was a um, it was a it was a tough experience, frankly. You know, I. Um, I go back to my teammates in Cincinnati and that's for me, that's where uh, felt most like home. Mm -hmm. If I had any regret it was leaving Cincinnati hmm. given, given, you know, cause the, the guys on the team, we, you know, there's just a, a, the chemistry was better. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. But you did have one really good game at, at uh, Tampa Bay where you threw four touchdowns. Against the Oilers? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, my memory slips, but I remember, I kind of remember that game. I had a couple good games. You know, I had another good one against uh, 49ers in, in Candlestick. I got the crap beat out of me. Um, yeah, what's it like playing up against those guys? Because that was the, the, that team was stacked. They had Joe Montana and Roger Craig and Ronnie Lott and, yeah, they had a defensive, an all-pro defensive uh, end named Fred Dean. My gosh, he he got me several times that game, and but it was, um, you know, I took a beating, but you know, kept on ticking, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, how they, hard does it hurt to get, uh, or how much does it hurt to get hit at the NFL level? It's got to be a lot more painful than like each step, high school to college to NFL's got to be crazy. It is. And, you know, it, the biggest difference, in my opinion, between NFL and, uh, and college, two things, one, speed and the size. You know, everyone's fast, faster, and they're bigger. Mm. And so, you know, you go, you play in, in, in college, you have against a really good defensive uh, team, they'll have, you know, three really good players that you got a, um, you got a game plan for in the NFL. Everyone's good. So, yeah, that's yeah. scary. 
Well, so then, yeah, you end up retiring and then, um, now, so now you do like mortgages and stuff, and then you, you do a lot of stuff with this, with WSU still, right? You're on some boards and things like that. And Cougs first, you started that. Yeah. The, um, I'm on the Washington state, um, uh, board, uh, for directors for the foundation. And, um, so I'm, I'm very active there. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Cougs first is a, is a business networking group that, um, I co-founded with uh, Glenn Osterhout and um, and Robbie Tobik. Uh, you remember Robbie? Um, yeah, I had him on the show. He's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love Robbie and um, his his partner then uh, Paul Dent. Um, and and you know we we got together and had this idea of you know trying to um, harness that that cougar craziness you know the uh, the love that we have for our school you know for you know just this simple act of saying go cougs you know in the middle of downtown seattle and you don't even know the person you see them wearing a you know uh, a cougar shirt or something and it's that the essence of of all that we said we you know we it's time that we have a business networking group and it's taken off now we have um that was about 11 years ago we would have these dinners and, and introduce uh, business owners to one another. And that morphed into trade shows. Um, we have a trade show in C- Seattle and one in Spokane. We had our one in Spokane a couple weeks ago. And um, our trade show for uh, Seattle, it's, it's being held at uh, Maidenbauer Center on May the 18th, coming up hmm. uh, next Wednesday. And it's great because... Um, uh, you know, I just got word that uh, Coach Dickert uh, said he's going to be there. Um, uh, Todd Schullenberger, our, our women's soccer uh, head coach, uh, Jen Greeny, our volleyball head coach, Kyle Smith, head you know basketball coach, they will be there. Cam Ward, our, our new quarterback, oh, uh, Robbie's going to be there. Just a, a, a ton of uh, former Cougar uh, players will be there, and we have. I think around 75 exhibitors, Cougar owned and managed businesses, everything from mortgage like mine to um, hotels, restaurants, car dealerships, you name it. Uh, all the different uh, arenas that uh, Cougars um, are in and we're in, we're into everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, 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 our tagline is when you're looking to purchase a product or service, think Cougs first. The other thing that's that's really come out of these uh, shows is that it's a great uh, recruiting venue for these exhibitors and great place for Cougs, young Cougs graduating to um, to find their first job. You know, uh, you, me- you remember Gino Simone? No. Uh, he played wide receiver for the Cougs. He got his first job uh, at, at, at one of our Cougs first shows. And okay. it's just, it's a fun business networking venue. It's, it's like a Cougar business party is the best way I can describe it. And at three o'clock on the 18th, uh, President Schultz will give the, um, the state of the university address. It'd be about 35, 40 minutes. And then we break from there, go and, and, and the show begins. Oh, that's exciting. And, and, and it's, fun. Cool and it's fun. It's fun. It's at the main bar center. Chuck, you should be there. Where are you? I'm in Arizona. Oh, well, you should, you need to fly up. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> on May 18th? Yeah, May next Wednesday. I and was just in Seattle. I was just back there. And, uh, uh, yeah, I need to, uh, I need to well, go we have again. A VIP, we have a VIP uh, reception the, the night before. Uh, you can come as my guest. But uh, wow, if, if you can make it, if you can make it, uh, you have my number. Call me. I'll, okay. I'll make sure that... Um, uh, you'll have all your credentials. It's fun. It's it's a great yeah. thing. And you know uh, the um, the Cougs down in Vancouver, Washington, mm-hmm. they've been uh, banging on our door. You know we need to have a Cougs first show down here. Hmm. And it's 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 fascinating when you realize all the different um, business sectors that the Cougs are in, not just in, but dominating. You know, in from the high tech world to, like I said, to the mortgage side to, you know, we have little mom and pop shops. We have um, restaurants from Pullman 
that'll be there or wineries. Goodness gracious. I was going to say wineries. That's a big one too. I think. Yeah. yeah. We're into everything. Uh, Drew, uh, he was our first winery um, sponsor when we had our first show. Uh, and Drew was, Bledsoe. Yeah. 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 He's so it's a great, it's a great place. And, and you know what, um, what I encourage you to do is go on to coogsfirst.org and check us out. We have a very robust uh, social media presence that our uh, website is um, well done. Uh, we have a director of marketing that has done, a, uh, Lindsay Evans has done a great job for us. And you, you know, just navigate uh, or surf that, uh, that website, you'll see what it is that we do. And, and it has grown. Our title sponsors is BECU, uh, USI, the commercial insurance people, um, one of our key sponsors. The other key sponsor for us is Washington State University, thanks to uh, Kirk Schultz. Hmm. No, that's great stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting, though, like, because I think that's a lot of the exposure, um, but a lot of it go- comes through the sports, too, obviously. Yep. It's weird that they don't show the uh, the Pac-12 channel. Do you have any, like, input on that or, or say on that? Why is the Pac-12 channel not everywhere? Why It's, like, not on DirecTV. So a lot of people miss Cougar games. Yeah. I feel like that's a huge exposure piece that's missing, not only for WSU, but the whole Pac-12. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, we can blame the previous commissioner who, uh, was terrible. He was terrible. Mm -hmm. And I think we, uh, as a, um, that set us back. And now our, our new commissioner, George Klyakov, um, he is the real deal. And, you know, we're, we're subjected to the terrible, um, uh, TV, um, contracts that the previous commissioners, uh, signed, you know, Mm -hmm. England on our behalf. And he came in, you know, saying he was going to do this. He's going to do that. We're going to create our own network and, and, and lost focus as to number one, who we are as a conference. You know, I think he had these, this very highbrow um, image. Uh, but when it comes to football, man, it's, it's about beating the crap out of the person in front of you. And, you know, that's what they forget. I mean, so in, in order for us to compete against the other conferences like the SEC, the Big Tens, we got to be better football players. And, and we need to get exposure, to your point. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get us exposure and, and to show, showcase our league, our teams, to the starting with the athletes of the West Coast. We've lost way too many athletes to um to the other conferences in the other leagues look, look who's the starting quarterback for ohio state he's from california um you know one of the best quarterbacks uh, graduating out of high school dj uyang lele um who's he playing for clemson mm. you know come on we got to keep we got to keep our own and then and build from there and i think I don't think I know our, our current commissioner. He's got it going on. He knows it, and he knows what we got to do. He's he's trimmed the budget. We've got you know we're not paying stupid rents uh, for you know high class uh, offices that we don't need. And um, I, I obviously I have an opinion on this because I'm on uh, the Pac-12 um, uh, committee. Uh, yeah, former football players and and that he put together. Um, Myself, um, you know, obviously I, I'm, I'm there representing Washington State University and every, every school has two or three players. Gabe, uh, Gabe Marks and Ravi Tobik are the, the yeah. Cougar um, representatives. Yeah, I, remember, I know. I remember Gabe. He's yep. a wide receiver and he's, yep. got, he's got the most receiving yards from Wazoo. Yep. Yep. He, uh, he had the, an outstanding career for the Cougs and, you know, he – Obviously, he represents a, a younger generation. Me on on the on the super old side, and probably <laughs> somewhere in between. Yeah. So how do I, you know, you've seen the team this year? Do you go to the spring game? Like, what do you yeah. think? They on paper they look amazing. Like, I mean, it's the same coach from last year. They got this quarterback from who's a incarnate world like standout, and like everything looks great on paper. But you've seen it in person. What do you think? 
Well, I think we have a lot of potential. Uh, <clears throat> the the area that I want to see, you know, development, quick development, uh, would be the offensive line. Mm. But we have a, a really good offensive line coach in Clay McGuire. Yeah. Um, so if anyone's going to uh, put together a great offensive line unit, it would be Clay. And Eric Morris, our offensive coordinator, is, um, you know, uh, will be a head coach in a D1 school someday in the next, I, I want to say in the next four years. He is an excellent coach. Well, frankly, uh, Coach Dickert has put together one of the best coaching staffs I've seen at Washington State. I mean, these wow. guys are really good. And Brian Ward, uh, our defensive coordinator, um, has really got our, our – you know, Coach Dickert's um, expertise is on the defensive side, and those guys – those are the guys that saved us last year, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, <clears throat> um, so we're going to uh, – you know, our defense is going to do a great job. They're going to be exciting to watch. Uh, we have uh, some really great players on the defensive side of the ball, but Cam Ward, I've only seen him in spring. He's very impressive. He's got that's what I'm hearing. He, he's 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 got the the ability to um, throw, uh, you know, over the top, sidearm, whatever it takes. Kind of like a Patrick Mahomes type. Well, you know, look at Eric Morris. He coached Patrick Mahomes uh, as offense coordinator at, at Texas Tech. So right. I'm but do you think they made see. a mistake letting Delora go? Because he was the freshman of the year. I mean, he's really talented too. I mean, not that I'm sure Ward is talented as well. Did they, was ideally were they trying to keep both? That was uh, that was um, Jane's decision. And I will say for the record, now um, I'm happy we got um, we got Cam. Yeah, I mean, if if he want if he didn't want to compete, that's just it's interesting that because I always, I thought the plan was Delora was going to play another year or two and Ward was going to be you know the QB of the future, but I guess Ward's playing now. Well, because he can number one. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a bigger, stronger. Um, I think he has uh, very the uh, leadership qualities come natural to him, um, and the guys on the team have. Um, rallied around that and um like i said he you know you won't see very many balls under thrown on, on on takeoffs and he has the ability to fit balls in um small holes you know and guys yeah no i saw some highlights of you doing the same thing that i was like wow like you were doing that Back in the day, and I mean, you could you could tell they're like pro throws. You're throwing these throws, and I'm thinking that where is that going? And then the receiver comes in, like you're timing it right. It's it's really cool to. I love watching quarterbacks throw. It's exciting. I appreciate it, Chuck. I, you know, I I was I was blessed to have um, two of the great greatest uh, receivers to ever play at Washington State. You know, Mike Levenseller and, and Brian Kelly. We worked hard together. Um, you know, we were three different guys and, uh, but we, uh, we put in the hours after practice before practice and, you know, it, it was all relative because we didn't throw near as many times back then as they do now. Mm -hmm. Uh, it would have been scary if, if we were able to put the ball up in, you know, as the numbers that these guys are doing this, you know, nowadays throwing the ball 60, 70 times a game, give me a break. <laughs> That's I know, but didn't when when you retire or not when you retire, but when you went to the NFL, didn't you hold the was it the record for most passing yards? Yeah, in the NCAA. That's crazy, and that I mean, that's like now it's like that's like two seasons worth, or one, <laughs> right? <laughs> one and a half. I'll, I'll give them credit. One and a half. <laughs> okay, uh, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a thing that um, you know it's it's the evolution of football. And and just before I started playing at Washington State, the um, offensive choice was the the triple option. And you know the throwing the ball was the was last resort. Hmm. And I was fortunate to have an offensive coordinator named Bob Leahy, uh, who came in with Jackie Sherrill, and he said, "We're going to throw the ball." 
and that that fit me. And so and for for those days, we threw the ball a lot. Yeah. Well, now they uh, now they definitely throw a lot. Of the, and now they got this coup grade system. I'm excited to see. It's gonna yeah. be a fun year for football. I think. It'll yeah. Be we got our tight ends back. We got our tight yeah. ends back. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think what that'll help think? in the in the running game for sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, what do you what do you think about players now that they get money? Now, how does that work with with WSU? Do you think that's going to hurt them, or is it going to pre- be pretty much the same? Like with because some of those bigger schools have more money, but they were getting the bigger recruits anyway. So does that make does it even make a difference? Well, at the end of the day, um, <clears throat> I think kind of to your point, the we're limited. Uh, every team is limited to how many people they can have on the roster, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really important because if that ever changes and, you know, they open that up, uh, then real problems will, will, will happen because then the big schools, like, you know, when I was uh, a freshman coming up, that's a couple of rules changes. I think that's when they started implementing uh, the, the number of uh, scholarships you can have and, mm. and freshmen can play. Um, and when I came, when I came on board, that was in 1974. And the reason why I say this is because if the, if the rosters, the number on a roster is expanded or allowed to, to expand, then schools like Washington state university, uh, would be lacking because USC, you know, they have the money to have, to, to have, you know, a 200 man roster. Now that, that, that would be really bad. It, it, I think it's already bad made difficult with the NIL and the portal, but as long yeah. as that, uh, you know, every team can only have, let's just say 90 people on the roster. Well, you know, USC can only have 90 Oregon, you know, with uncle Phil, they can only have 90, you know, and then the rest will just have to be that much better in recruiting. Yeah. Well, that's what I think is so cool about WSU is despite not having all these like uncle Phil and all this kind of stuff, they still win a lot of those games, like against UCLA, they'll, they'll beat UCLA with UCLA. has got all these five-star recruits and WSU beats them. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, and, 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 and there's no reason why, you know, that should change. You know, we'll, we'll see. I, th- I don't think that as it exists today, I don't think it's going to stay this way. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of fundamental differences between, you know, talk about uh, people are talking about, you know, it's a free, let the free market system, you know, have its way. Well, okay, a couple of things. The NFL right? That, those are owned by um, private individuals, each mm-hmm. team, right? And right. The, the profit motive, the whole bit, the free market system have at it, right? Well, you know, the schools that make up the NCAA, the vast majority of us, you know, are paid by taxpayers, right? Uh, True. We're not an NBA team. We're not an NFL team. We're not a uh, major league baseball team. And plus, a sport like football, you know, helps fund all the other sports, you know, the title nine sports. And, you know, it's, so it's a, it's a different makeup. And then you, you have something in, um, uh, in, in NCAA sports that uh, the, the NBA and the NFL doesn't have, we have donors, you know, I mean, I'm going to be really curious as to how donors are going to, feel about you know kids getting paid more than some of their coaches being paid you know it's, uh, that's an extreme but i'm just going to be curious to see how it all shakes down it's going to shake down i don't think it's going to be the what you know exactly what it is today because i don't think it can stay that way those mm-hmm. that's my two my two bits worth yeah it'll be interesting to see it's uh 
Yeah, hopefully things the Cougs can still compete because I love watching the games. They're fun to watch. So I just don't want – I feel like it's already kind of lopsided. And to your point with NFL, like at least the NFL, they have the draft. So the team right. that finishes last gets the first pick. And so there's right. a lot more balance that way. They don't have a system like that in an NCAA. So it's like Alabama just wins it almost like every other year. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know how that's going to look and feel like. But uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to be the same uh in two years as it looks like today so we'll see you know yeah, we'll at the see. end of the day chuck look one thing i learned about kooks it doesn't matter we'll always compete we'll always fight our asses off <laughs> and yeah we, we won't take a back seat to know you know someone from la you know uh we, we won't have to dodge you know drive-by shootings there you know like they do there <laughs> you know so you know yeah. i don't care what anyone says you know, uh, going to Washington State University is a beautiful place for, uh, you know, parents to send their kids, whether they go to school or whether they go, you know, to Washington State to play sports and go to school, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that they can count on. And, and at the end of the day, that's, that does um, make a difference when yeah. parents come to uh, Pullman and they see this and they get it and that they know that their kids will be relatively safe for the four or five years they're going to be in Pullman and they're going to get their education, you know, back to basics kind of things. And don't think that's going to change. No, absolutely. And they're part of that community, like the Cougs first, like you said, like they always have a home and a family with other Cougs and this connection. It's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I was talking to Todd Schellenberger and I called him and he was in Florida recruiting. And I said, and I asked him if he can make it. And he said, well, you know, I'd love to do that. And I said, I, I told him that um, Cami Etheridge can't make it, but she's going to try to get her recruits, you know, that who've signed to go to Washington State University to have them come to the show with their parents to see this other mm-hmm. side of Washington State University that we support our students and student athletes. And I told them that many kids get their first jobs at this. And this is a recruiting um, advantage. And he says, absolutely. I agree with you. Next thing you know, he called and said, I'm coming. <laughs> nice. And so, you know, these are, uh, I, I think Cougs First is just another ex- example of Cougs coming back together and helping each other. And in this case, I'll always do whatever I can to help our sports programs. Yeah, it's very cool. I love it. I appreciate all the work you're doing. Um, I end each episode with a charity. Is there is there can people donate money to to Cougs first, or is there another charity that you want people to to donate money towards? Donate to Washington State University. Okay. You know, uh, the athletic fund, or just uh, say, uh, yeah. You know, ideally the athletic fund. You know, but for me, donate to Washington State University. Fine. You know that um, that that piece of Washington State in the University that floats your boat, and give, you know, um, and that's you know high tide raises all boats, and, and a lot of great things are happening at Washington State, and that's why if you're going to come next week, be there at three o'clock because um, President Schultz will talk, you know, State of the University address, some of the great things that are happening, you know, the twenty plus million dollars given to Washington State from SEL. Uh, <clears throat> the engineers, Schweitzer engineers, the, the the great things that are happening recruiting wise uh, with uh, you know Coach Dickert and, and just the you know I don't know if you know this but we have uh, six campuses uh, and and they have become extremely robust. Our campus in Vancouver, such a beautiful place, uh, Everett, Tri Cities, um, you know our wine school there is just taking off world worldwide. Um, and our, our, um, our medical school in, in Spokane, it's, you know, the Cougs are shaking and moving. And then and our global uh, campus is, has become one of the best, um, you know, internet um, uh, campuses around. It's, it's just, you know, a lot of great things happening at WSU. And, and um, Kirk Schultz will, will, will tee it off for us on Wednesday. Okay. Awesome. Well, if I can't make it this year, I'll, I'll try to plan for it next year. I'll try to yeah. like make a plan for it. That sounds amazing. Well, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. And thanks, uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. Appreciate you hanging with me, uh, being my tardiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, yeah, you just owe me a favor. No problem. I do. I do. 
I'm good okay. for it too. I'm good for it. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Go Cougs. Take care. Okay. Go Cougs. Bye-bye. Well, that was such a fun interview. Uh, I want to thank Jack for coming on the show. Make sure to support the Cougs first. You can follow that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can follow me on there as well. That helps to support the show, as does your likes, comments, and shares. And make sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you listen to get updated on future episodes. And if you really want to go all out and support the show, I'd love for you to write me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening or give me a rating on Spotify. Uh, That stuff helps more people find the podcast. And we only grow through you. Uh, We don't have a big corporation backing us up. It's all grassroots. So I appreciate any support you can give me. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And remember to shoot for the moon. Mm